0: On today's show, Fisker changes its name and announces a comeback, GM teams up with Navistar to develop medium-duty trucks, and (sniffs) what's that smell? I think I smell a strike. All that and more coming right up on AutoLine Daily. This is AutoLine Daily for October 1st of 2015. Fisker was vilified in the media for getting a $192 million subsidy from the U.S. government. It was mauled in the automotive press for the poor quality of its car. And then it went out of business because it could not sell enough of those cars. But now it's making a comeback. As you'll remember, it was bought by China's Wangsheng Group. And now it's decided to change the name of the company to Karma Automotive. And of course, Karma was the name of the one model that Fisker made. Even though it's now Chinese-owned, Karma's automotive headquarters and new production site are located in Southern California. Back in June, General Motors signed an agreement with Isuzu to build mid-sized cab-forward commercial vehicles. And now the automaker has just reached a long-term agreement with Navistar to produce conventional mid-size class four and five commercial vehicles. This is a big deal for General Motors because the fleets that buy these trucks also buy what they call adjacencies. That means fleet owners also buy additional pickups and vans on top of the class four and five vehicles that they get. The move also allows GM or I should say Chevrolet once again compete with Ford in the mid-size segment against the F-450 and F-550. The future trucks will be jointly developed by both companies and should start rolling off Navistar's Springfield, Ohio production line sometime in 2018. Coming up next, automakers are now starting to talk more about what their newest car can do for you than they are telling us about the car itself. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion, Dow Automotive Systems, breakthrough technologies for lightweight vehicles, and by Pure Michigan, leading the automotive world in intelligent, connected vehicles. We run on Brain Power. Lexus just announced that it's adding services to its cars provided by Inrex. You'll remember Inrex. That's the company that we showed you earlier this year that can predict where there are available parking spots in a city based on things like connected car data and transaction data. And then they use predictive analytics to figure out where there's open parking spots. Look well, at this, Lexus already offers this service for free in Europe. And now it's adding a five-day weather forecast as well as a fuel station locator that works in 21 European countries And it also provides real-time data on fuel prices at those stations. And we think that this Lexus-Inrix collaboration is indicative of the kind of new product announcements that we're going to be hearing about more and more from car companies. We're already hearing them talk more about the services their new cars can provide than they are providing details on the cars themselves. Mitsubishi just introduced the refreshed 2016 Lancer but you're really going to have to squint to notice it's the new one. A few panels have been massaged, with the biggest changes being made to the front fascia. Advanced features and technology have been added to trim levels, and a new generation CVT8 transmission is also available. With the improvements comes a slightly higher starting price. At $17,595, the 2016 Lancer is $200 more than before. Hey, don't forget to join us for AutoLine After Hours later today. Our guest is Mike Swears, the chief engineer of the Toyota Tacoma. Here's your chance to learn a lot more about the newest pickup to hit the compact truck segment. So join me and Gary Vassalash for some of the best insights into how this auto industry actually works. That's AutoLine After Hours starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time at AutoLine.tv. Coming up next... I'll give you my thoughts on the next steps for FCA and the UAW. Now that the UAW workers at Fiat Chrysler have resoundly rejected the new labor contract that was negotiated by their union leaders what's next? Well, one possibility would be to go back to the bargaining table. I think that's highly unlikely. There's no way FCA is going to say, sure, no problem. Come on back to the bargaining table and we'll give you a better deal. What FCA is going to say is, listen, we bargained in good faith and we shook hands on a deal. It's not our fault. Your members rejected it. You're the ones who negotiated this. But there's no way that the UAW can get its members to go along with this contract unless they eliminate the different wage tiers or at least show how an entry-level worker has a pathway to make as much money as a legacy worker. And so now we're looking at the real possibility there's going to be a strike. To try and get management back to the bargaining table, the union could call a local strike at one of the truck or jeep plants since it's illegal to call a wildcat strike The UAW also cites health and safety issues to justify calling a strike like this. In my experience, when the UAW says a strike is about health and safety issues, it has nothing to do with health and safety issues. In fact, the UAW is doing that with Ford right now. It's threatening to shut down the Kansas City plant that makes F-150s over health and safety issues. I'm quite sure the real reason is that Ford and the UAW have hit a roadblock on certain issues, negotiating the national contract. And this strike threat is just a way to get management's attention. But let's go back to the FCA situation. Sergio Marchion has got some bargaining chips of his own. He can threaten to move more work to Mexico, or China, or even to Italy. So what started out looking like this was going to be a fairly straightforward labor negotiation is now turning into a very complicated mess and a strike is far more likely than it looked just a week ago. Anyway, that's how I see it. As always, we welcome your thoughts and inputs. But that wraps up today's report. Thank you for making AutoLine Daily a part of your day.